to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Deidre Shen, founder and CEO of Capshow, software that helps entrepreneurs turn their stories into content that converts. Now, we believe that every entrepreneur who has had to overcome their own internal struggles is remarkable. And it is this exact remarkability that needs to be shared so that they can positively impact the world. So stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest in 20 or 25 minutes. So let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I am so excited to talk to a fellow Aussie, Suzanne Chadwick. Hello, Suzanne. Welcome onto the podcast. Hey, Deidre. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, for Aussies abroad, represent. I know, right? <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Okay, well, I okay. I'm so I am really actually looking forward to this chat. But tell me before we kind of because I I know that you're gonna have so much to share about your journey and your story, and I'm so excited to delve into that. But let's just start very simply with tell us a little bit about your brand and what it is that you do. Yeah, for sure. So I am well a business coach. I'm always like, don't say what you do, say what you're here to do. And I mainly work with women in business to help them become bold and powerful voices in the world and really claim their space with confidence. So I work with a lot of female entrepreneurs to take their thought leadership to market, become paid speakers, to create like group programs and online courses so that they can monetize their expertise in different ways. And also I just love helping women become more profitable so that they can pay themselves more. That's that's what I'm on a mission to do. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. Okay, I'm so intrigued about how we got to this point because there must have been things that have happened in your past that have led you here. So can we go all the way back to... I don't know, <laughs> but yeah. almost like, how did you get, you know, because I, I am, how did you get onto this path? Because, you know, I, as a fellow Aussie, I'm like, I don't know how you, like me living in Sydney, I know that you're in Melbourne, but I don't know how, what would have put you on this path? Because I know that I was never anywhere near this kind of, you know, online business space and stuff being in Australia. It's a very small market. So I'm so intrigued to find out all about your journey and yeah, how you got here. Yeah, for sure. So I guess there's there's two paths I almost want to take. The first one is that my mum was always a speaker. She, I grew up in a very, um, in a very, I wouldn't say staunch, but a, a Christian home in a Baptist home. My mum used to lecture to about 300 women every week. Uh, and so I saw that growing up, a female leader in my family, uh, when I was at school, I joined the debate team when I was 16 and I had Mrs. David, who was a four foot nothing Indian woman who used to wear a red sari that was the biggest lioness ever, who taught me to have a bold and powerful voice, state what I wanted to say, be clear with my intention, influence the you know, the audience when we were in the debate team. So I grew up with some really powerful female role models. I just kind of want to almost put the foundation there because mm-hmm. uh, I think that, that that makes a big difference to how you see the world and how you see your place in the world as well. Yes. And so I grew up and uh, in Melbourne and I got into recruitment and HR at a young age. When I was 22, I kind of fell into it and then they offered me a transfer to London and I was like, hell yeah, I'll go. And so I was only going to go for like a year. And I ended up there for like, you know how you say somebody like just one more year. No, no, no. I'll just say maybe just one more year. And so about eight, eight and a half years later, 
Uh, I had been living there and I ended up working at Deloitte Consulting. And so I was doing recruitment and a brand agency came in and we were looking to recruit around about 100 consultants. And so I used to head up recruitment for consulting as a division. Mm -hmm. And this brand consulting business came in and we were like messaging and campaigns and, and, you know, we were creating communities, online communities, and we were going to like do uh, brand activations and events. And I was just like, what is this world that you live in? Like, this is amazing. And so that was really kind of my first taste. So I come from a brand strategy background after recruitment. That was like my first taste of, I guess, all the social media and the communities and all of that. And I was just like bitten by the bug. And so that kind of planted the seed for me. And I continued in recruitment. I was doing a lot of recruitment marketing, et cetera. Met a great Welshman in uh, the UK, got married, brought him home, and then uh, continued on my recruitment journey. And I was uh, pregnant with my first child and I was about three days off going on maternity leave and I was sitting in a high-rise building in Melbourne on like the 36th floor And I was in a meeting with this brand consultant, Sam, and she was an ex-Deloitte consultant as well. Uh, And she was talking about how the company that I was working for was going to create their social media campaigns, their brand strategy, all the rest of it. And I was just like, this, like, it's still there. Like, I'm still super curious and I'm still super interested. So I went on maternity leave had my baby. And a couple of months later, I sent her a message on LinkedIn. And I said to her, Sam, I don't know if you remember me from this meeting, like four months ago at this company, but I will work for you free of charge one day a week while my baby sleeps. If you teach me everything that you know. So I was on maternity leave. She was like, sure. So on a Thursday, I'd get on Skype at the time and with her client meetings and she'd do brand strategies and we'd build online communities. And I just was her like lackey, basically. I would just do whatever she needed me to do uh, just to learn. And it really grew from there. And so after being on mat leave for two years, because I ended up having a second child straight away after that, uh, Um, I went back to the company and I said to them, I think we're missing a real opportunity around delivering employer brand consulting solutions to the clients that we work with. And my CEO said, go for it. And so from there, they backed me. I've always had, it's really interesting. I've always had super incredible female leaders in Mm. my personal life, at school, in my, like in my corporate life. Um, I feel like there's a couple of things that go with that, but just to continue with that story is that They said, go for it. I built the consulting business. We ended up going global with that. So in the Americas, uh, I came to New York for a stint as well uh, in EMEA and then in Asia Pac too. So that's kind of where I started. And as I did that, I just knew that there was something else. Like I knew, like I loved what I was doing, but I just felt like there was something else I wanted to do. 
Um, and so because I built that business, I had done the pricing and packaging, I had done the brand positioning, I had done the strategy for it, we had gotten new clients. So I kind of gone through that whole process of what it takes to build a business. And I had girlfriends that were on maternity leave saying, I don't want to go back. Like, I don't want to go back to that. Like, how do I do this? And so literally over a glass of wine and a coffee or a dining table, I'd be like, right, what are the products and services that you could offer? Who are the clients that you would want to work with? Um, You know, what kind of revenue do you need to generate? And I just loved it. I kind of had almost fallen into this new thing where I was just like, oh my God, like, let's just build businesses. Let's just build all of these businesses and let's be really savvy with how we do it. Let's price really well. How do you get clients on? How do you deliver to them? How do you make sure you don't get scope creep? How do you like totally back into like a consultant mode? And that's how I started my business by accident over wine on coffee tables with girlfriends. And they were like, you need to do this. Mm. And I was like, can I, can I do this? I was still in my corporate job and loving it. And so I ended up going four days a week in my corporate job and they started referring business to me. And I just kind of started to figure it out as I went. I was like, all right. And I discovered the world of entrepreneurship. I discovered women in business groups. I was like, this is interesting. I didn't even know this was here. Uh, And from there, I kind of grew. So I started my business in events where I wanted to create community. Uh, And then from there, I got more clients and the rest is history, (laughs) as they say. (laughs) Wow. Okay. That's so cool. I mean, as I'm listening to you, I'm like, you are someone who clearly, you know, confidence didn't, doesn't seem now, like I always know that, you know, nothing is ever like how it seems but you never seem like you ever um struggled with confidence or many I guess like internal mindset struggles that a lot of us sometimes do especially like for me I'm a massive introvert I it you know I it I struggle to put myself out there whereas that doesn't seem like an issue for you now I may be wrong and I think I am because there's always every one of us struggles with something we struggle with some kind of internal mindset we struggle with something when we're just getting started we are plagued with doubts and uncertainties what was that like for you I kind of almost want to peel that super I love that keep you have one like that confident you know but let's peel that back and just almost go like when you were starting out when you did reach out to that person on LinkedIn and we're like I like you know were there did you have doubts did you have fears were you riddled with uncertainties what was all that throughout your journey what was that like for you so this is where I'm going to come back to the foundational story of my mother and Mrs. David and Di Fleming and and like people in my life from a very young age, and I do it with my kids now, there are, my mum always used to say to me, ask for what you want. You don't ask, you don't get. And if you ask and the answer's no, go to the next thing. So I grew up with that mentality. I grew up with that being said to me all the time. So for me, I think that it's natural. We're human. We're born with a brain that tries to keep us safe. But I also think that the voices, like ex, like people around you, that also determines the kind of mindset that you have as well. 
So for me, there's a couple of things with it. And I talk about this a lot as well. I'm literally about to record a podcast on it today as well. Confidence for me is, is like, a, it's a, it's a non thing. And I'll tell you why, because I always ask myself, am I courageous enough to do this? Not am I confident enough? Confidence comes and goes. It comes and goes with how I feel on, on the day. Am I feeling low on the day? I don't feel very confident to do this. Do I feel okay on the day? Oh, I feel confident to do this. Like it's just such a fleeting thing. Mm. And so the question I ask myself when, you know, my director in London comes into a, a meeting with 50 of us on a Friday and says, who wants to go to New York? Doesn't tell us anything about it. And my hand's the first one up. Am I courageous enough to do this? Hell yeah. Am I courageous enough to give it a go? Yes. Will I fail? At some point I will and it will be crap and I will hate it and it will be painful. But if I didn't do it, what's the cost to that as well? So I feel like, you know, when, and that's a really great example of me just saying yes. I say yes a lot. And I think that once I've said yes, then the doubt sets in because that is how it works. It's like courage, woo, yeah, let's do it. And then it's like, what are you going to be doing? Where are you going to be living? Have you got enough money? What if this doesn't work? What if they don't like you? What if you have to come back with your tail between your legs? And you're, so our brain obviously always goes there. Um, you know, and I always say that when I wrote my first book, which took me ages to write, eventually when I published it and I was so excited about it, laying on the pillow. What if nobody likes it? What if it's crap? What if people don't buy it? What if like, I just expect that now. So I think that, I think that, you know, the, the influences that we have in life determine what we do and what we go after. I think that those voices, the lizard brain trying to keep us safe, trying to say, whoa, like, let's hang on a second. I just always expect it. And I feel that discomfort. And I had Dr. Joan Rosenberg, who does a TED Talk on confidence. I met her on Clubhouse when it was all the rage <laughs> at the beginning of 2020. And she came on the podcast and she was talking about like the eight uncomfortable feelings that we have to move through to get to confidence. And so I think that, you know, to your question, yes, I feel all those things. Yes, mm -hmm. I experience it. Yes, my mind does, you know, does a double take on me and and makes me feel rubbish and I suffer from doubt. But I think that I've created tools now that have just really helped me to recognise what they are, like what those thoughts are. They're always mm -hmm. going to come. They're going to be crappy. They're going to be uncomfortable. I've got to be able to move through that discomfort. I've got to manage my thoughts. So... I, like, I'm not going to lie, they they happen. I just think yeah. it's how you approach them and with what kind of tenacity you approach them. Yeah, I love that. Wow, okay, thank you for sharing. And so let's then talk about, like, that journey of, like, making the leap um, from corporate into business. Like, And yeah. I know that you kind of phased it, but, you know, you're full-time now in your business, uh, I'm assuming. I actually yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, how, what was that like, you know, and again, let's, were there doubts, were there fears or were you just like, nah, I'm good. No. I'm <laughs> Just listen, whenever you ask the question, were there doubts, just assume that the answer is always <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause we're all human. So yeah, I definitely phased it. And it's really interesting because I get, I've got a lot of mums in my community as well as, you know, people who are not married without kids and all the rest of it. 
And it just depends on what stage of life. Like people are like, should I just jump? Should I just leave my job and go for it? And my answer is always, it totally depends on your situation. For me, we've got like a, you know, a very big mortgage. We've just extended. I've got two, I've got a three and a five-year-old at the time. Like I can't just jump. Like I'm on a, I'm on a senior leader's corporate salary. We have adjusted our life to fit the money that comes into our home. I can't just say to my husband, so darling, I'm just going to quit and we're not going to have like 200 grand coming in anymore. But but don't worry, I'm just going to start this business and go for it. So I just think there were a lot of that. So I really had to manage my ambition in my business with managing the responsibility financially of what I needed to also contribute to my home and to my family and all the rest of it. So for me, it was like, it was fine. I really liked my corporate job, I but I knew that I wanted to leave. And so I was also really open with, and I know that not everybody can do this, but I was really open with my director at the time, the person who I was reporting into. And they knew, they knew that it, like, they were like, how long have we got you for? <laughs> so it was a really open conversation and I'm like, you know, you've got me for as long as like it takes me to get the business up and running. And we had had one or two people in the biz, like in the corporate um, company that I was in who had left and who had started their own businesses. And I have to say that the organisation I worked for was super supportive. Like they really saw, you know, I educated myself a lot. I put myself through a lot of training courses and really upskilled myself, which not only helped my business, but it helped their business because mm. I was doing like brand consulting uh, to major corporations like investment banks, utility companies, like that sort of thing. And so I would very comfortably sit and talk about digital strategies and marketing strategies and what's happening in the entrepreneurial space and how they can build personal brands and all the rest of it. So they saw the trade-off that, you know, if, if they were supportive of me, I was bringing a lot of value to their business. And it was really interesting because there were quite a lot of leaders in corporate that knew that I had my own business. And so they would like follow me as well as working with me through this other company. So it was a really interesting dynamic. But yeah, I mean, I had to get to the point, I had to get the business to the point where it was financially viable, where I had a regular, like I had regular income coming in. I was really um, savvy with the way that I managed my money so that, you know, I had a pretty big pool of money before I took the leap as well. And also, like I teach my clients, paying yourself forward. So when you get a big windfall of cash, uh, you know, to actually schedule your salary for the next six months so that Mm -hmm. you're really managing it and not just spending it and things like that. So I had to do that dance. I had to do that juggle. Um, You know, there were times where I was like, is it easier just to stay in a corporate job? But that's not what I want to do. Like, and I even go through that now where I'm just like, I love my business and it makes money. But I'm like, imagine if I just like went to work and didn't have to think about like where I'm going to make more money next time or something like that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and that also happens because, you know, it's not like you hated your job because I had a, I was in a very similar situation. I was actually working at Macquarie Bank um, and I left there not hating They were one like, of our clients. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 
Um, and yeah, but you know, sometimes it's like you do have to do, you have to go down the path that where you're most called to, I think in that time. Um, okay. So let's talk about like, obviously you grew this business. Let's talk about how, um, because, you know, apart from entrepreneurs who are listening to this, wanting to learn from your own journey and experience, they also need to grow their own businesses. So what can you share with us around, you know, I don't know, top tips or, yeah. or uh, the things that you found were the most important pieces to have in place for you to grow? Yeah, absolutely. I've got a, I got a couple of stories for you, Deirdre. <laughs> uh, so the first big thing that I did is that obviously I was now, I'd started my business. I'm like, open for business, like anybody, like I'm here. So I had girlfriends that were referring people to me, but I was like, well, that's not enough. How am I going to get more? And so I'd been to a couple of events in Melbourne and I was like, meh, like meh, that's not, that doesn't excite me. I would walk into rooms and be standing alone. And I was just like, this is not, this is not fun. This is not the environment I want. So I thought, well, what's the quickest way for me to grow my audience and my community is maybe if this is all that's available, why don't I run events? And so, and I had run active brand activation events and all the rest of it for a lot of clients. So I knew the event space. I was a speaker anyway. I was, you know, a debater. I was a speaker on the corporate circuit. Whenever my company used to sponsor an event, they'd roll me out as the speaker on employer branding because it was hot topic and all the rest of it. Uh, so I knew events. I knew it well. And I was like, I'm really comfortable with it. I know what kind of events I want to have. So I just started to um, run little events here and there. And then I just thought, stuff this, let's go big. So I had an idea and I was like, I really want to run like a women in business conference. And it was going to be called Epic Summit. <laughs> Gotta love the names. Epic Summit. And, um, and I just thought at the time, so this is 2015, the collective magazine was all the rage. Lisa Messenger was all the rage. And I was obsessed with her. I was obsessed with the magazine. And I was like, listening to my mom, you don't ask, you don't get. What's the worst that could happen? They say no. So I thought, stuff it. If I can, like, if I was going to run a conference, what would it be like? So I was like, well, obviously I'd have it at the Prince at Circle, like on St Kilda Beach, because it's a beautiful space. I'd have Lisa Messenger as my keynote. Um, we'd have like a, you know, feasting menu. Uh, we'd have a cocktail event afterwards. Like we'd have great goodie bags. Like I was just dreaming. Yeah. Dreaming and imagining it. And I thought, all right, well, if I get Lisa, I'll do it. That was like my, (laughs) I was like, almost the universe. I'm like, if I get Lisa, then obviously I'm supposed to do this. And so I just Googled her email address and I found it. And I sent her a message. I was totally not cool at all. And I was like, (laughs) oh, my God, Lisa, I love you. I think you're amazing. I want to run this event. Um, And I'd love you to be the, like, the keynote speaker. Uh, This is my idea. Like, totally not, like, don't do that. Yeah. I just, (laughs) like, not professional at all. But I was like, you know, let's see what happens. So she sent me an email back and she said, Suze, sounds amazing here's my like publicist or, you know, assistant, whatever. And so obviously there was a very big fee attached, which is understandable. So Daring and Disruptive had just come out and maybe Love and Life. And so we started to plan it and work on it. And so I thought, all right, 
I took money off our mortgage, off our redraw. Yeah, yeah. Put your money where your mouth is, Suze. Like, are you backing yourself here or not? Once again, do not advise anybody to do this. (laughs) Just please, like, listen to what I did, but don't do what I did. (laughs) That's what I'm going to say. So I took money off the mortgage. um, And to cut a long story short, I basically, my thinking was, I want Lisa Messenger's audience. Like that's the, those are the women I want. I want daring and disruptive. I want bold. I want women who are breaking the mold. Like that's the community I want. So if I invite her, then I will attract that community and now they will know me. And that was my thinking behind it. And so she came, um, we, uh, we had the day event. We sold tickets, but we didn't sell enough to break even because I was rubbish at the negotiate. Like I didn't negotiate well with it. Whilst I'd been at a lot of events and things like that, I hadn't done the organization of booking spaces and negotiating rates and all the rest of it. And so I paid a lot. Now, when I look at it, I paid a lot for that. Um, And so I said to her, I was really honest with her. And I said, we're not going to break even on this event, like as if it's her problem, like she's getting paid a fee. <laughs> but I was like, we're not going to break even. And so she was willing to do an evening event for me as well. So she was exclusive. I was flying her in. I was paying her like $10,000 at the time. And she's like, I'll, like, I'll do an evening event as well. So I think I asked her, would you do an evening event? And she was like, yeah, okay. And so we basically had about 90 women at the day event And then we had 120 more theatre style for like an hour and a half or hour and then with canapes and that helped us to break even. But I was really honest. I'm like, we don't have enough, like we've not sold enough, we've not. And then we also bought her books wholesale and we sold them retail so we made some money there. So we were literally just like, how do we make more money? How do we make more money? Because we, we've not covered. So in the end, we did break even. But can I tell you, there were many, many nights where I cried and they said to my husband, I'm going to lose our money. Like I'm going to lose it. And he, bless his heart, he was like, we'll work it out. Yeah. Love that. But I was just like, I can't believe we're money. <laughs> um, but you know something, I also feel like there was a point in there where I was like, like, screw this. I am, there is no way I'm losing this money. And I did not leave a stone unturned. I contacted yeah. every single woman in Melbourne who I knew had a community. I offered them tables at a discounted, like not a big discount, but like 10% off if you buy a table. Um I said to, like, we sent out messages to everybody that had bought tickets and said, like, give your friend a 10% discount if they come with you. Like, we were just, like, in the moment, we were like, let's, how do we do this? Like, how do we hustle? How do we make this happen? Um, And, yeah, we didn't have any sponsors, things like that, like, you know, just things that you would do now. But in the end, it was an incredible event. It was, we had, you know, sort of over like 200 people on the day. We ran those events back to back. I had an amazing team. Like we did it, but it was, there were tears. There was doubt. There was honesty with like, we're not going to do this. Can you help us? Yeah. And I think that for me is real business. Like when you can kind of say to people, 
like, this is not working. Help me. Like, how do I do this when you're not sure? But also having that grit in between all of the emotional roller coaster to say, screw this, I'm not going to fail. Like I will, or I will fail like going down in flames. (laughs) I will do everything in my power to make this work and get as close as I can to whatever that success line looks like. Yeah, I love that. Okay, I do have a couple more questions really quickly. So where's your business headed? Where are you looking to invest in growth over the next year? Yeah, so for me, I um, have a couple of years ago, I culled like 80% of my business because I had too many things and my, you know, attention was split. So now I've got Amplify, which is a mastermind of mine. And I really want to focus on thought leaders. I really want to focus on helping people to become those speakers, authors, really grow their brand who have got something to say. Uh, And then I work with BBA as well. And then I speak. So those are like my three revenue streams. And I'm just doubling down on that. I'm just like, keep it simple. Focus on what you really, really want to do and how you grow that. And some of the things I do fail and some of the things work. And sometimes I launch and I have like a hundred grand month and other times I launch and I'm just like, what the hell happened? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's such a roller coaster and you just got to know that it's coming. And you've also got to know that you've got to know what your, I guess what success looks like to you and it's not always the money. It can't always be the money because that can fluctuate as well. So for me, I'm just about growing that. And for me, I just want to, I'm about to finish my second book and I just want to do more speaking as well. So I'm really looking at how I become a well-known thought leader in my space, how I share my message more. So really being the person that I want to help my clients to become. Yeah. yeah, and making sure that I'm really walking my talk and showing up and being brave and courageous and saying it was hard and it sucked and it didn't work. <laughs> but let's keep going. We're in it together. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Wow. This has been such an awesome chat. I knew it would be. Um, if anyone is interested in seeing what you have to offer, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, just suzchadwick.com. So S-U-Z, Chadwick, or one word, .com. There is a uh, opera singer in Canada called Suzanne Chadwick and she stole SuzanneChadwick.com. So I'm SuzanneChadwick.com now. <laughs> okay, well, that's how we'll know you. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much, Suze. That was such an awesome, awesome chat. Uh, and for everyone else, if you love this this episode, which I know that you did, please leave us a review, leave us a rating, uh, share it with all your friends, uh, follow us, follow this podcast, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, guys. Bye. Shen here. Thank you so much for listening to the Remarkable Entrepreneur podcast. Now, if you are a successful online entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, then please visit go.theremarkableentrepreneurpodcast.com slash podcast dash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials and tag me. I'm at Deidre Shen. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media as well and let them know about the show. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. Now, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. 
to make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, reviews go a long, long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. And if you want to know more, go to our website, deidreeshen.com. Follow me on LinkedIn, on Facebook. My Facebook group is actually called The Remarkable Entrepreneur. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Deidre Shen. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next time.